It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. We are here at a big moment in our draft prep. We're going to go over the two mystery men of the NBA draft, two incredibly talented players a lot of people don't know a lot about. I'll try and teach you a little bit. It's time to talk about the Thompson Twins and Game 1 of the NBA Finals on today's Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. you are indeed locked on magic today is june 2nd 2023 my name is phil prosperike i'm the expert and site editor over at orlando magic daily.com of course follow me on twitter at philip rr underscore omd on today's episode of locked on magic i'm gonna give you the whole weekend to stew on the thompson twins that's right we're gonna talk about asar thompson amen thompson what they could bring to the orlando magic how to evaluate them in this crazy draft process and, and what to make of their games, where they should succeed, where they might not. We'll get to all of that. Try and give you some added context to these players. I had a chance to watch uh, some film on them, um, begin to really kind of think about their games and how it fits into the NBA. So I'll give you my perspective on them. I would encourage you to watch some tape on them as well. They're both very, very, very talented players. So do not dismiss them just because you don't know what overtime elite is. We'll get to all that coming up here. In just a moment, but first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, 
We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. The best place to start, and I want to focus more on Asar, um, because more likely than not, Amen Thompson's going in the top four. Um, I I don't, we'll get to him. I'll talk about him a little bit and why he's a little bit of a safer bet. Um, but Amen Thompson's probably not going to be there at six. And, and I don't anticipate, he's the kind of player the Magic would necessarily trade up for. Uh, but we got to we got to be diligent. We got to talk about everyone. Um, but I, I want to focus more on Asar. But but I think the place to start because none of this conversation can happen without context, and, and like that's that's such a big deal when evaluating these two players. How do we measure what they're doing and who they are against? A college player against a player who's been playing overseas, uh, you know, in, in the French League, for instance. How do we evaluate these players when the level of their competition in overtime elite just isn't at the same level? I don't want to knock what overtime elite is doing. I, I don't know a lot about the program. I do think that it is good for elite high school prospects who can't enter the NBA, who aren't allowed to enter the NBA, to have multiple options in front of them. They can go overseas, play in Australia, or play play elsewhere. They can go to college, and, and college has certainly tried to, to benefit itself a little bit with the NIL, with some of the NIL stuff, um, and certainly maybe they haven't understood that this is benefiting them to, to, to support this stuff. Um, but OTE is essentially a league designed for elite high school prospects that gives them a taste of professional life. It puts, you know, it puts them in, in essentially finishing up their high school high school training, puts them in classes to understand what it's going to take uh, to be professional life, to, to be a professional. Uh, you know, it's almost like a trade school or vocational school. Um, you know, obviously we have the elite prep schools like Montford Academy here in Orlando, Oak Hill Academy where Cole Anthony went. Um, these schools exist. And I think OTE, what it does is it just gets rid of the artifice. It says these these kids are in school to be to play basketball, so let's prepare them for a life in basketball. Again, I don't hate the idea. I'm all for more options for kids. Give these kids the power. They're much more sophisticated and much more ready to play in the NBA than they were back in the 2000s when we were getting those stream of high schools. Those high school kids weren't ready. The league has learned its lesson. Players, their representatives, the AAU culture, I think that has learned its lesson too. And so whenever the NBA does allow high schoolers back into the draft process, the league, I think, is going to be in a much healthier place to evaluate these kids uh, and, and to put themselves in a position to get them. Um, that's the context of where the Thompson Twins were for the last few years. The level of competition, obviously the Thompson Twins are kind of elite prospects. And, and you know, for OTE as an organization, their success is going to depend on how these two kids do. <laughs> Whether more kids will go down this path is going to depend on just how successful successful the Thompson Twins are. Um, and, and obviously, they're talented. Talent wins. Talent matters. 
Uh, and so we have to understand that context. I wouldn't call the level of their play high school. It's certainly elevated above high school. But it's not college. It's not, you know, it's not even mid-major college. The American's better than OTE. They would have been better off going to UCF. Um, like Taylor Hendricks was on nobody's radar entering this draft process, uh, entering the season, and now he's going to be a top 10 pick. That's in the American. That's with UCF. There's definitely a lack of exposure, but the NBA finds talent. These kids are really, really talented. So the first thing that, that stood out to me when I started watching tape is that both Asar and Amen Thompson are bigger than everybody. They're listed at six foot seven. They measured the combine at six foot five point seven five inches. Both have seven foot wingspans. Both are big dudes. They 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 weigh, you know, they're they got NBA bodies. Um, they are there's a lot of similarities between the two. And I, I hate I hate myself for doing this. I just finished, I literally just finished writing my write-up on Amen up on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. And I couldn't help myself but compare the two because there's you can't compare anyone to outside this league. And, and when you compare the two, like, yeah, Amen is a lot better. Maybe not a lot better. He, he's better. He's a better prospect. But, but it's it, it, so much of this is about context. Again, I'm going to use that word a lot. Um, it's so much about what do you think these guys can do when they have to elevate their games another level? And, and that's kind of the trap that Asar especially is going to fall into. Because Amen was the star of his team. Um, and we're going to dive into those numbers here in, in our next segment. Uh, I want to I want to make sure I give Asar his due, due time. So I'm going to run the clock out until I get to my first, first, first break here. Um, let's talk then just about the, 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 the similarities between these two players. They are both a, very big. They're big ball handlers. I think that's something the Magic certainly really, really like. Um, they're big for their position. They could guard multiple positions too. And, and we'll talk more individually about Asar here in a second, his defensive potential. Um, they're both extremely athletic. You get them downhill going toward the basket, they're going to finish with some flourish and some power and some thunder. Um, Amen is great jumping off of two feet. Uh, he's great in transition. Asar, not as good as an athlete, not as good as a finisher. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Um, but he he can get to the rim and finish with, with Flourish too. They're big. They're strong. Again, for their competition level, they stand out. Um, and and I, I, think, I don't think that's nothing. Especially at this level, especially at these kind of lower levels, guys who just physically stand out, that matters. When you watch a game and you don't know who anybody is on the floor and you can immediately point to and say, that's an NBA player. That's, these are the guys I'm here to watch without knowing what they look like, what their number is, or anything like that, that's that's usually a pretty good sign. And when you watch some of these OTE games, and yeah, I know who I'm in and Osar Thompson are. I know what they look like. I, I know who to watch out for. They still stand out physically. And they use that physical they use that physicality really well at the level that they were at. Look, say what you want about OTE. Um, and there's a lot to say, and, and they're bigger. They're bigger than a lot of guys on OTE. Like it's 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 that, that's that's the truth. They dominated that level. 
And and I say this all the time, especially about kind of late. I said this. I remember saying this about late season stuff for 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 like RJ Hampton, for instance. Maybe not the best example. It's better to know that these guys can do this, can be dominant players, than they can't. Like seriously, like it's better to know they can do this than they can't. They dominated OTE. OTE, if I'm not mistaken, I, I remember reading this had to trade players off their team because they were dominating it so much. And look, we got a really exciting finals, a really exciting playoffs in OTE that Ahmed and Osar Thompson went out and won. That stuff matters. Playing well in your postseason, that should matter. At least at this level, they're guys that drove their team to win. To win. And, and that's among the many reasons why you have to pay attention to these kids. It's among the many reasons why these guys are going to go pretty high in the draft. Now, what does that say about these players as individuals? Well, I finally hit my ad break, so we can dive into them a little bit more. We'll get to that coming up here after uh, after this quick word. It's time, though, for a, a word from our friends over at FanDuel. If my thing will load, I'll be able to, to tell you a little about FanDuel. Here we go. Uh, make it fast right now to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel has great promotions every day. They are a safe and secure app, and you get paid instantly off your winnings. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So let's talk a little bit about these guys individually, because uh, like I said, it, it is a little difficult to separate them just because they're very similar players. They're both extreme athletes. They both get to the basket really well. They both have really difficult and struggling jump shots. It's the biggest factor in their game. They both dominated this league. Um, and they're both really the only serious prospects coming out of this league. Uh, and so they are very easy to compare and, and, and very easy to contrast. And, and so unfortunately, and I hate doing this, we are going to talk about them in relation to each other. I don't want to pit them against each other because I'm sure they're very friendly. They're brothers. You know, I'm sure they love hanging out with each other. They're touring the NBA circuits. I saw that they both worked out for the Blazers earlier this week um, and were made available. Um, we do know that the Magic interviewed both Thompson twins at the NBA Draft Combine, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I know they interviewed Amen. I don't know about Osar, but I imagine they did. Um, these guys... It, 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 we do need to separate them out as individual prospects. And I want to focus mostly on a SAR 
and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, if someone is draft more draft literate than I am, please correct me if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. Please correct me if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. Um, I want to focus more on Asar because he's he's probably the big choice the Magic have to make. Um, when I talked earlier in the week about the Magic having to balance drafting for need for immediate need and fit over drafting for the future and drafting and taking a, a real big swing. I'm talking about Asar Thompson. Let's let's not use code. Let's let's stop using coded language. I'm talking about Asar Thompson. I'm talking about Cam Whitmore. Do you take guys that have some star upside that 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 could do things at a higher level, or do you take guys that fit your roster and will make them better immediately? And 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 that is a central question. That is a central question when it comes to a guy like Asar Thompson because Asar Thompson has a lot of the skills that his brother does. They're just not nearly as refined, um, at least in the ways that, at least in the ways that 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 seem to make Amen Thompson the better prospect. And we'll talk about some of those ways in a minute. Asar Thompson this season in the regular season. Averaged 16.3 points per game, 7.1 rebounds per game, and 6.1 assists per game on shooting splits of 48.1, 29.8, 66.2. We'll get to those in a minute. In the playoffs, he upped his game, averaged a team-best 21 points per game, 5.2 rebounds per game, and 4.8 assists per game on shooting splits of 44.7, 38.5, 82.4. Stepped up his game in the playoffs. you like to see that a little bit. It's a lot to sort through, obviously, because it's OTE. How much do those stats really count? Both he and his brother put up very similar statistics. We'll get to, again, we'll get to Ahmed here in a minute. Uh, but for Asar Thompson, what stands out is, again, that athleticism. He can get to the basket. He can finish a little bit there. But more than that, what I think is really interesting and attractive about Asar is... Unlike Amen, he played a little bit more off the ball. Amen was the point guard of the team. And he showed some real skill defensively. We talked about it last week with Richard Stamen. Go back and listen to that episode. It was an awesome episode with our friend with our friend Richard of Locked on NBA Big Board. Um, Asar does project to be a better defender. If you're looking for a guy that maybe has a higher floor, Asar's defense might give him that higher floor. He will be able to carve a role in this league as a defender, as an energy defender. Now, granted, OTE doesn't have the drivers, doesn't have the players that the NBA level has. Uh, watching some tape on Asar, there is definitely moments where he gambles when he shouldn't. And that might be something he can get away with. There's a lot of things that both the men and Asar Thompson do that they could probably get away with at OTE that they're not going to be able to get away with in the NBA. This is that thing for Asar. He gambles a little bit too much on defense, going for steals, but he's big. Both these guys are big. They have defensive upside. Asar right now is the better defender. He's the guy that comes in. He can, again, six foot five point seven five without shoes. He's listed six foot seven with shoes, I suppose. Um, seven foot wingspan. Gotta say wingspan. This guy can get after. Has the potential to get after players. It's just filling out the rest of his game. And the reason why Asar is the guy that's listed at number six and, and it is a bit of a gamble, it's a big home run swing, is because there's a lot of elements of his game that have to fill in. I'll get to the shooting in a minute, but let me talk about finishing. 
you watch him play and you see the athleticism. He's not as athletic as his brother. But it's not that he's le- any really less athletic than his brother. His brother is just a significantly better finisher at the rim. Amen takes contact really, really well. Um, and that that stands out. That That's something you can't fake. You can't fake being able to take contact. And, and look, this isn't Rudy Gobert coming over to block a shot. This isn't Anthony Davis coming over to block a shot on these guys. Like they're still like the tallest kids in the class. And even they they even look bigger than the centers they're going up against. But when there's a guy bumping you in midair, your ability to be balanced and finish, that's not, again, that's not something you can really fake. Either you're able to do it or you're not. Um, and it doesn't matter who's bumping you in midair, you're getting bumped in midair. And Amen Thompson is really good at, at, at adjusting in midair. Let me let me give you all men's stats. We're going to go talk about these guys in tandem, I suppose, because because they're it, it's hard to it's really hard to separate them um, just because of the context. Um, Thompson during the season averaged sixteen point four points per game, five point nine rebounds per game, and five point nine assists per game on shooting splits of 25% from deep, sixty five point six from the foul line, and the playoffs. He averaged 17.2 points per game, 7.2 rebounds per game, and 9.2 assists per game on shooting splits of 45 to 30 and 77.4. Again, take all of that for what you will. Who knows what's real? Who knows what those numbers actually mean? Um, The shooting splits for both are obviously a major concern. Um, You know, I, I think both players have real weaknesses Real, real, real weaknesses with their jumpers. And that's that's all ultimately like the big question with these two. Yes, Amen Thompson can get downhill with the best of them, can finish through contact. Asar Thompson, he can get downhill. He can get to the basket. If he gets bumped, if he has to change direction, change pace, change speed, that's where he's really going to struggle. And, and, and at the end of the day, both of these players, their future is going to depend on how much their jump jumpers develop. They played two years at OTE. They both got better in their second season. So that progress is encouraging. I'm personally really encouraged with how Asar improved as a jump shooter uh, late uh, in the playoffs. He hit some big shots. They were in a, a, I think it was a best of five series. I think they went to a game five in their final series. Asar Thompson hit some big, big shots. Um, and again, shooting is not something you can fake. You either can shoot or you can't. Um, it doesn't matter what level level it is. You can sh- either shoot or you can't. Um, Asar Thompson hit some big shots in pressure moments, and that bodes well. That 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 is encouraging. I, I'm not here to say that oh, Asar Thompson is a great shooter. Like forget all the other stuff. No, 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 no. Got a long way to go. Both of them kind of shoot the same. Their base and their they, they worked really hard to make their base and their foundation better, and you can tell they put that work in. But you can also tell that everything's not quite in sync. That, you know, that it's still very slow um, and, and it's still very stilted. Um, and, and you can see these habits and you can see these things, especially when they're shooting on the move. Um, that's when your bad habits, that's when you revert back to how you naturally shoot and not necessarily the, the, the things that you do. And, and this is where you can really see where their foundation and their base are really poor. Um, they get knocked off balance really well, really easily uh, on their shots. Um, they don't square up to the basket. They don't. They don't naturally square themselves to the basket. 
Um, I would say and notice that that they sometimes shoot on the way down. They don't shoot at the apex of their jump all the time. Um, and so there's a uh, they're both capable of getting better shooters. Like the potential's there. But improving that at the NBA level is going to be a challenge. And it's going to be the challenge that defines their careers, that defines how good they ultimately will be. Look, I'm still split on both of these guys. I'm not going to lie. Um, Amen Thompson is incredibly talented. I know he's been getting some comparisons to Derrick Rose. He's not the athlete that Derrick Rose was. Derrick Rose was just an incredible athlete. Amen Thompson, I think he still struggles shifting directions too. Um, even at OTE, he lost the ball a lot on dribbles. Um, you know, over dribbling or just trying to change direction at speed. He lost the ball a lot. And that's something that a lot of young guards go through. Uh, so I don't think it's it's like disqualifying. But they're, both of these players, while very, very talented, are very, very risky. Um, they could flame out pretty easily. Um, they're talented enough that they'll hang around a little bit. They'll do something. They'll give something to the teams that draft them. But are either of them stars? Not without a lot more work. <laughs> Let's put it that way. And, and again, everyone needs work. They're all entering the league. Um, Asar Thompson specifically, I see it. I'm not going to lie. I see it. Um, I see why people really like him. I see why the Magic would take him. At six, you know, if, if you want the Magic to take a star at six, I honestly take Asar Thompson over Cam Whitmore. Like, Asar is a better playmaker. Um, he can get he could get to the get to the paint the same way Cam can. He may not be able to take the contact that Cam can quite yet, but the shot is there, is developing. Both of them are not great free throw shooters. So I don't I think both will struggle with their three-point shot when they enter the league. Asar Thompson to me can do more things. He gives you more cover. He has a higher floor than I think Whitmore does. Whitmore might be a better rookie, but you're five. I think Asar is a better player. Um, but is Asar going to get all the way there? Um, I, I think ultimately, and, and like, again, I, I'm, I'm trying very, very hard. I, I say this all the time during the draft process. I want to focus on what guys can do than what they can't do. If we're going to focus on what guys can do, Amen is a fantastic driver takes contact well, uh, is an improving jump shooter, a great playmaker, great in transition, incredible in transition. Asar Thompson is a potentially elite defender if he really commits to it. A big body that's a good athlete, can get downhill. I like the steps that he's taken with his jumper. I think, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, again, I'm not going to say it's going to get there, but he can be a respectable jumper, jump shooter. Plays really well off the ball. A great slasher. You get passers and, and give him space to drive the lane or to cut through the lane, he's going to finish at the basket. And, and, and like his brother, he's very good in transition as well. These guys play fast. They think fast. They make plays off the bounce. They're just not necessarily scorers yet or, or like three-level scorers yet. Um, and and that's, that's the question that you have to ask. I'm not here to say whether the Magic should draft him or not. I wouldn't be upset if the Magic drafted him. I'm like I said, I'm torn on him and, and what he can bring because I see it, but I also see all the all the things that could prevent him from reaching that level. And while I do trust the Magic's developmental culture, um, I think they've done a great job developing talent. I don't know if he is the perfect fit for this team, especially with a lot of non-shooters on the team. However, talent should win. 
And look, if Amen, if Amen Thompson is there at six, you take him uh, unless there's character issues, which there done. I, there's no whiff of that. You take him and run. If Asar Thompson is there at six, you have to consider him because the talent is undeniable. The talent is real, and that's something the Magic will have to consider on draft night. It's a lot to talk about with these guys, a lot to talk about with these kids. Um, They have earned their place here, and we'll see just exactly what they can do. We'll close today's show off talking about Game 1 of the NBA Finals. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So game one of the NBA Finals is in the books. And despite a frisky run by the Miami Heat in the fourth quarter, this was a, frankly, fairly easy win for the Denver Nuggets. Um, they they dominated the game really from the start with the way that Jokic was finding Aaron Gordon. And I know I talked about it yesterday. Miami needed, Miami's strategy should probably be to let Aaron, to, to make Aaron Gordon beat them from the perimeter. I should have specified that. Make Aaron Gordon beat you from the perimeter. What Denver did was they set him up in the post. They did those, those high-low actions that Steve Clifford loves to run. And, and the difference is Nikola Jokic can just change that angle and whip a pass in much better. I mean, Nikola Vucevic is a great passer, but uh, he is not Nikola Jokic. Um, this game, Denver just found their rhythm uh, and, and, and gave themselves enough cushion to withstand any run that Miami had. Um, Honestly, that that's probably the wake up call that Miami got in this in this game. That Miami's going to play hard; they're never going to be out of a game. You know, they they took a twenty point lead, cut it down to nine in the fourth quarter, uh, and then Denver had to get serious again. And Nikola Jokic just a masterclass. Like some of the mid range shots he was taking, and, and and all that was just was just like, what do you say? Like, what do you say? Like everyone knows this guy has been doing this stuff, but to see him do it at this stage with that much pressure is just incredible. Um, Miami put that pressure on Denver and Denver did not blink. Um, you know, so much of the success from Miami this postseason has been, we're going to play so hard and we're not going to stop. You know, like I saw someone say, you know, zombies don't die. Like the Miami heater zombies, they do not die. And what they try to do is they fluster you. They annoy you. They just they just keep coming at you until you just wear down and lose your concentration. And what was so impressive about Denver is that Miami made that last push. They didn't lose their concentration. They didn't get flustered. They dumped the ball to Nikola Jokic in the middle of that zone, and that's literally just like taking candy from a baby at that point. Jokic in the middle of a zone defense is just... That's a coach's nightmare because he can hit that mid-range jumper, which he did a few times. He can pass back out to the perimeter as the zone collapses around him. He can absorb that pressure because he's just taller than everybody. 
It's Miami's got real problems here. And look, Miami's going to shoot better than they did. Um, you know, Miami still ended up shooting a better percentage than Denver from deep and made more threes than Denver. Um, but they missed a lot of open shots. I think would have given them some early in the game. That I think would have given them some confidence as Denver was settling in and getting used to how they played. But like, this is the series here. Denver adjusted. Every time Miami tried something new, it may have taken Denver a few possessions, but they're like the Borg. They adapt, and they adapt in real time. And that's a real impressive thing about this team. It's a real impressive thing about Mike Malone. It's going to be, a, it's not just going to be a tactical battle of adjustments between games, it's a tactical battle of adjustments in game. And Denver had an answer for every single thing that Miami did. Now, what do I expect from game two? I expect Miami to attack the basketball. Obviously, they only had two free throw attempts, an NBA, an NBA record for fewest free throw attempts in a finals game. Miami really wasn't forcing the issue to get fouls. Um, so I would expect to see Jimmy Butler to be more determined to get to the basket, more determined to get in the paint. I, I would see, I would bet Miami is going to try and really force Nikola Jokic into some difficult positions in this drop coverage. I was really impressed with Denver's defense throughout the game. I thought that they, Denver, like Jokic, Jokic and Brooke Lopez are the two guys, if you need to show someone what drop coverage is supposed to look like, those are the two guys you show. Um, he is in perfect position to defend the driver, but also big enough and smart and, posi and positions himself smart enough to cover the role man. Denver's rotations, they pre-rotate because they know Jokic isn't, uh, isn't that quick. They pre-rotate really well. Um, and then the guy who's guarding the ball rotates back really fast. Like, watch watch how Denver pre-rotates on their pick-and-roll coverage. They were on a string. They, they had Miami locked down. Again, Miami missed some open shots early, but Denver adjusted really, really quick, and those open shots went away pretty quickly. Um, and so Miami's got a lot of work here. Um, you know, it's the series ain't over, but Denver had a lot more answers to what Miami was doing than Miami had answers to what Denver's doing. And, uh, you know, Miami's got to find a way to create turnovers. That's such a big part of their offense. But honestly, this is the scary part. Denver didn't shoot the ball particularly well from deep. They're going to be better three-point shooters. They shot really well from everywhere else, but they're going to get better. And, and Miami needs to be prepared for that. They need to find a way... To, to frustrate this Denver team because that's that's who they are. Jokic doesn't look bothered by anything Miami does. And and that's got, got to be the scary part for this Heat team is that Jokic is by far the best player on, on the court. Jamal Murray looked like the second best player on the court. And frankly, Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter were probably third and fourth. Jimmy Butler's got to be better. He's got to be more forceful with his attack. And... Miami's got to find a way to create turnovers because, you know, there's a shockingly low number of turnovers. I think it was like 17 total turnovers in the game. Miami's got to find a way to force turnovers. Otherwise, it's going to be a long, long series. It's going to be a short series, but it's going to be a long series for the Heat. Game two is Sunday. We'll talk about that on Monday's episode. But I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Hit your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all of the places on the podcast to your podcast and able to listen to us. Relates on the Orlando Magic. Be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. 
We want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. If you're part of my everyday crew that listens to Locked On Magic every single day, come back Monday. We'll talk about Game 2 of the NBA Finals. Plus, it'll be our Mock Draft Monday. We'll talk about our latest thoughts and feelings about the 6th and 11th picks. I'll put up a fresh Mock Draft on OrlandoMagicDaily.com to also help you prepare. We'll get to all that on Monday's episode of Locked On Magic. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.